the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became meta-humanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called shadow runners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, the team visited Irina Saavedra at her magical items shop in Grand Central Station at the request of Yuri, who has just bought a new property he needs ridden of a bug ghost. Irina, his longtime friend, has a talisman that will help, but she'll only hand it over after the team does her a favor. Irina, an artificer and follower of the Oracle, does a reading on the team to, quote, get to know them, and sends them on a job that will test their convictions. Head to the South Bronx and work with her contact there to frustrate the efforts of a startup called Flipper, which is exploiting the city's automated real estate purchasing system and their physical proximity to the South Bronx City Information Services Office and Data Center to buy up property in the mostly immigrant fishing neighborhood and redesign it into ultra-contemporary rentals. A round of Matrix searches later, and the team learns that Flipper's CEO, Harris Trevorrow, loves talking to the press. Their showroom in the South Bronx is open for tours, and they are, quote, always hiring, looking for both ninjas and rock stars. Join the team now as they exit Irina's shop and consider their next move. Stars and ninjas. <laughs> All right. So what do you guys want to do? Where do, where should we go? Should uh, we just go up there and see what's up? We should probably talk to the contact. Could do that. And maybe visit the VR showroom or whatever it is, their mm-hmm, office. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe we'll get some ideas then. TK wants to apply for the job. Yes, I think it's a good idea. We know we need access to their payroll and taxes and property tax accounts, things like that, in order to insert the skimmer. So we know that's the bare minimum. Um, we also talked about perhaps finding out how they have rigged this whole system in order to have such a quick access and to actually turn that over to the neighborhood so that they would all have equal access to buying up real estate at the same time. Maybe now is actually a good time also, too. I don't think we've ever talked about how it is the Matrix really looks yeah is there like what does the internet look like is there one thing that is is there there one thing that it looks like yes it looks like a bunch of windowless buildings and cables so the matrix at least as far as and this is something that shadowrun has borrowed from neuromancer uh the 
the look of the Matrix is referred to as a consensual hallucination. Uh, the way that it looks when you're in AR, walking around in the world, is your field of vision is just dotted with many different icons for all of the things that you can interact with. And your comlink will automatically filter out most of those to the things that are personally relevant to you. So your comlink knows your contacts, your comlink knows the businesses and media objects that you're interested in. It knows the things that your friends are sending and they really want you to see different little augmented reality objects. So those are just plastered all over the world and you can essentially turn a knob up and down as to how much of that in the world you see. So part of the skill of being a Decker is being able to wade through all that stuff. When you are in full VR, right, the world, the physical world that you walk on the sidewalk through goes away and you enter a an infinite gridded plane that... So infinite gridded plane. Yeah, basically. Is the short answer, I guess, to the question. Well, but there's then there's two layers of it. Yeah. There's two levels. The lower level is a collection of all of the icons that you see when you're walking around in the world. And those are ordered by proximity. So if you're in full VR and you're basically looking at the stuff that's near you, you kind of see the same thing that you see in the real world, just slightly more ordered, but not plastered over the actual world. Mike, what's in the sky? So in the sky is where all of the hosts are. And these are essentially the sculpted virtual reality locations that you can visit that represent sometimes real-world locations and sometimes Matrix-only locations. And they're arranged in a, it's kind of like a massive sphere. And the higher up you go, or the further towards the edges that you go to the sphere, the larger the companies. So on the very, very outside of the sphere are the host locations that you can visit for the largest mega corporations in the world. Whereas the things that are closer towards the center of the sphere are the hosts that you can visit for your local used bookstore, if they happen to have someone who is capable of producing a virtual reality location for them. And you travel between these things kind of just by thinking about it. To say that you like fly in the matrix isn't really the case. You kind of just like zip back and forth. Mental click. Yeah, like saying that you walk or touch or whatever is all kind of a metaphor for what actually happens. But because we're a podcast and we need people to be able to picture well, things. Like surfing the web. Sure, yeah, but it's a but it's also like a fully embodied experience, right? Like when you're in VR, you it feels like you are somewhere and it feels like you are doing those things even if you're not actually doing them. Like surfing, surfing the, the web. web. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. But at that time your meat body is back on Yeah, just like sitting in a chair yeah. or yeah, whatever. Correct me, if correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but th my understanding is also that certain hosts have their own rules about how traversing the space can be. So you could you can mentally click or whatever traverse to a host and then you could be in a fantasy realm where you can fly and you can drink bubbly floating mead and things like that correct and so you could have like physics simulations in specific spaces in vr but that's not the way the matrix which is more like the map or the nav space yeah looks looks like or yeah whatever like. whatever host you're visiting they basically get to decide uh what everything looks like and what interacting with it is like okay you can go to the flipper host. It exists relatively low in the sphere of the matrix. Cool. You just have to go into full VR and like beam yourself there. And well, I think we should do that. Should we yeah. drive up and then maybe you jump in? Do we? Do we need in order to install a skimmer? Do we need to be in VR? Just these are just questions that I just is, yeah. Remind me, is the skimmer a physical object that needs to be put on a physical landline, or is it a, a software yeah. object? I think it would be 
cooler if it was a physical object. Mm. But also, I mean, I like the, the VR thing. I would say that it's possible you are not currently in possession of the information that would allow you to answer that question. Yeah. Like, you don't know what yeah. their infrastructure looks like, and you don't know how much is wired versus wireless. You would know that throughout most of New York, wireless is kind of the name of the game, and it's actually kind of weird that there are wires involved in this. Mm -hmm. and maybe speaks to some of the quirks of the neighborhood that you're going to go to. So um, when you say she gave us the skimmer, she gave us the code for the skimmer. Is that correct? She gave. She didn't give you anything. Okay. She, she give gave you a recommendation or ah. a suggestion from her contact in the South Bronx. I see. If you wanted to do something different in order to get money off of them, like they're not against it, but that was what that was the idea that was had by someone who was there. Yeah. Right. If you wanted to write a piece of software, you know, Lash or TK would likely have to spend some time right. putting that together. Okay. And yeah, we could. Yeah, we'll figure out what that test is once once you know more. Okay. Well, I guess yeah. let's go see the contact. Yeah. yeah. Who is our contact? So you have a contact for, hold on, Calixto Lobo Salgado Amaral Mendonza. Wow. Um, they run something called the Comora di Shangye, which I'm going to say wrong. Mm -hmm. um, it's essentially the Chamber of Commerce in the South Bronx. It is located inside of the largest fish market that's there. Yeah. Let's, right. let's go see him. I think... Uh... Yeah, let's go get as much info so when we get a job there, we can gather info. Yeah, TK. Fuck them up. Are we in the Bentley? Uh, you head back underground to the large parking lot that you were in. If you guys don't do anything, you get back in the Bentley and you head, you head north? Yes, but TK engages the legs so it steps over the other cars in the parking lot. <laughs> God. How does that feel inside the car to be in a leggy car? It's kind of bumpy. TK's like riding it like a, he's, he's sitting down, like he's riding the seat like a, like a horse saddle. He's just sitting down like wide-legged, wide stance, <laughs> holding onto the steering wheel. Wait, can, um, can everybody, can everybody make this sound? <laughs> okay. Each one of us is a leg. Ready? Yeah. Go. Hi, Quarren Chummers. Or uh, Chum Distancers? Chum Dudes? Anyway, if you like Fun City, and we hope you do, join us on Patreon to help support the show. You get so much stuff! We have a bi-weekly chat show aptly named Fun Chatty, Lash's workout plans, and Yuri's egg recipes. You also get an invite to our Discord, where you can hang out and talk to us about Shadowrun. Speaking of which, we have a book club, and starting on May 4th, we're going to read one of my personal favorites, The Diamond Age, or A Young Lady's Illustrated Primer by Neil Stevenson. I will do my best to not assign homework. Join our Patreon, read Diamond Age with us, and it's going to be fun! I think in the meantime, TK is going to do some more matrix searching on our contact. Yeah, roll it up for me. And I got four hits. Uh, so Calixto's pronouns are they, they, them. They have a long history in the neighborhood. They were born there. And they're kind of like, Calixto is kind of just someone that people know. They have a really big personality. Uh, you can find pictures of them all around. Um, you can see that they're bald. Uh, they have some tattoos. Uh, they are big. Uh, they're not tall, but they're like a large person. Hmm. Um, and they seem to be involved in all different 
aspects of the community. So when there is a parade, Calixto is on some of the, you know, is on the, the planning committee and on the float. When there is a politician that needs to talk about the things that they will do to support the community, they are there shaking Calixto's hand. So I think they're just sort of generally involved in the neighborhood. They are not a politician as such, but they are definitely a I don't know if you would call them a community organizer. It feels like such a sort of empty term, but something along those lines. Got it. Cool. Um, yeah. And and yet there it seems like their day to day job is running something called in three languages, the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I think TK relays all of this stuff back to the team. Hmm. Cool. Also, guys, I think I'm going to start working on the tree trunk. Oh, awesome. See, see if we get some stuff from Odina. Right. So you got, you've done a test on the tree trunk once. I think we were going to try to get to 10 total successes. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do You'll a little... You'll have to remind me what I, what I need to roll. It's your, what, your software pusher intuition? Okay. Uh, that is three hits. So you're part of the way there. Uh, I think you have, you have eight of 10. Okay. Nice. Uh, you'll be able to do the next test on that tomorrow. Cool. We basically give Guys. you one of those rolls per day. Tree trunk is almost done. We're close. Wonderful. Go, TK. Hey. TK just, you know, he does his thing. He's he's very quiet about the things he's working on. But I think this is this is the kind of thing where he's like, yeah, guys, just checking in. Here's how it's going. Um, never really done this stuff before, but I, th I feel like we're close. Hey, Lux. Hey, what's up? Do you want to talk about what happened back there? Oh, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> Have you ever had a reading by the Oracle? No, I haven't. That was um, really interesting. She I... got you. Okay, thank she you. She read thank you, you like okay, a Lash. book. Thank you, Lash. You. Yeah, she got, I, I agree, Lash. Okay, I don't have a comment on that. I do, I did get a little creeped out or freaked out. So I do, I would like TK to lead on this one just in case. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely gave me things to think about. How did you feel about yours? I thought it was a polite reading. I don't follow the Oracle, but I respect her words. What about you, Lash? I feel good about mine. I loved it. I death. loved every second of it. I would like to get more readings done. Yeah, death. Doesn't scare you? Doesn't scare me at all. I think that's great. I... Lash, what do you think is the next big change for you coming? I don't know. I was thinking of getting some new shoes. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> your spiky ones are pretty cool. I like you get your a lot boots. of you get a lot of compliments. Yeah, I think my foot's growing actually. It probably is. It's either growing or something's wrong. <laughs> I think it's pretty <laughs> swollen. <laughs> How how often how? do you go to the doctor? What? Never. <laughs> how how late do... Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, technically I'm fully grown, ah. but maybe my feet just got another thing coming. I think we should just put a pin in that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Probably should... put a pin in it. Maybe you're just gaining weight in the feet. <laughs> yeah, Last, in the feet I'm going to check your nails later and make sure you're trimming those because I'm 95% <laughs> sure that's what it is. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Lux. <laughs> Um, Lash, do you want to um, run a quick search, um, unless you're already on this, TK, on, on what job opportunities are available that TK and or you sure. would be good you for? You don't want to run that? I barely can <laughs> you use could ask my Artemis. We've tried. We've talked about this. Okay. No, I could do it. Yeah, do it. Do it, right. Lash. Lash just kind of tilts her head to the side and kind of like gazes off a little bit. She just goes on um, uh, jobsforyou.com. <laughs> and uh, she looks up Flipper. She writes Flipper uh, jobs posted this week. You get a number of listings back that are entirely for the engineering department. Oh. And you can see that they, you know, it's like those 
job posts where they're also advertising the company. Mm -hmm. All of the language is very marketing oriented. It talks all about the benefits that you get working for Flipper and it touts that you would be working with world-class talent in a new corporation that has very exciting investors. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of opportunities. You can get in at the ground level. They're looking for the hottest talent. It doesn't say specifically what skills you need. It just mm -hmm. says, like, we are looking for any accomplished engineer uh, who can help us build our platform, get in touch as soon as possible. We're always hiring competitive rates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, she looks at the, the 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 corner of like the a flippers page on jobsforyou.com and to see like uh, the, where it has the like social network aspect of the website where she could see all the people who are like currently connected to Flipper. Mm -hmm. um, and she just is like a broad like look at those people's profiles just to see what those people are kind of all about. Is there any particular piece of information that you're after or do you want me to describe what? What's the vibe of those people? White. White. They are entirely like blonde haired, square jawed. Yeah. Humans. Which and to, to continue to be that white in the future, you got to work at it. Yeah. Like your family. Accident. Yeah. That has to be on purpose. Yeah. Okay, I'm just looking up and... Uh... It's wrong to be white. <laughs> Honestly, like, anytime I see anything in the future that has, like, people that are obviously just quote-unquote one race, I'm like, I don't think so, pal. Yeah, I yeah. It do, happen. Uh, do you, are there any remote work opportunities? Are there any remote work? <laughs> yeah, most most of the opportunities are work from home, okay. but they do require an in-person interview. You have mm -hmm. to go to the location. Um, they do have an office that you can work out of, but they sort of have a, f uh, what do they call it? Flex, flexible office, whatever. Flex yeah. desk. Uh, so yeah. Hot desk. Hot desk. That's what Hot it is. Hot desking. Yeah. I also randomly click on one of those people's profiles and I want to look at where their, their work history. Where else do they work? Because I'm on their LinkedIn. Sure. Their jobs for you profile. Um, so like you click on a person and you see that it's mostly small startups mm -hmm. that have been eventually bought by larger mega corporations. Okay. Um, and so it would appear as though this is like, this is a very particular talent pool. Yeah. These are people who are hotshot programmers who work mostly in the corporate tech sector yeah. who are looking to get bought or acquired by a larger company. And it seems like a lot of these people in this ring, that's, exactly what has happened to them or you know you can see that their trajectory is intern intern uh low level editor engineer senior engineer and then svp of some uh, department that doesn't need to exist right uh, which probably means that they just could get paid five hundred thousand new yen a year to warm a chair somewhere we should start a startup mm. yeah mm, no <laughs> Uh, Viva unhooks her trodes from her belt loop and slaps them on and tries to look at the flipper front end mm -hmm. as a customer. So you want to go to just the, the service. Host. Yeah. Yeah. Like the actual VR. Or do you want to look at the website? Just, just the website. Just the website. So on the website, just looking at like a 2D, like a thing that you scroll through, you see mostly at the front a feed of properties that are in the South Bronx um, with uh, there is sort of side-by-side -side photos. The first is always a kind of dull, drab portrait of ostensibly the building as it exists now with the color kind of drained out and, you know, some boarded up windows here and there. And so then next to it is a kind of concept drawing of what the property could look like if it was redeveloped in the flipper style, which is just a lot of 
just it's like designer bullshit. It's structural plastics, lots of open floor plan. Like you can see into someone's living room and you can see all of their designer furniture, stuff like that, with a little uh, counter on it. Uh, that is how long this property um, has been on the market, like sort of saying like, hey, you know, if you don't come and get this one from us now, like it's going to go soon. You better, you know, it's only been here for a little bit. Get get your redeveloped property that we're going to put together for you right now. Is there a search bar? Sure. Viv goes to the search bar and looks for houseboats. Are there any results? <laughs> Roll a d6. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get, if sorry. you get, uh, I'm on the new roller. If so. you get three, four, or five, uh, sorry, four, five, or six. A six. Uh, yes, there is uh, on the very edge of the South Bronx, far, far south on the water, just on the other side of the fish market. There is one very old houseboat that is currently in redevelopment to be turned into a six-unit condo. Wow. A floating condo. A floating six condo. Six-unit floating condo. Floating wow. six-unit condo. It used to be a, an old colonial house, an old colonial, like, cedar, uh, uh, what is it, a cedar siding? That's all cedar. Yeah, cedar siding, a cedar siding colonial house that was on kind of like pontoons. Um, and, uh, yeah, the person who owned it put it up for sale and Flipper bought it, and they're currently in the process of renovating it, and they're going to make it available for a uh, for four hundred and twenty-five thousand new yen. Uh, Viv- uh, per, sorry, per unit. Right. Duh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Viv uh, in the air is like making a backspace motion as if it's like computer keyboard, and then she slowly like tries to type two bathtubs <laughs> to see if Lux's property comes up. Uh, it does not. <laughs> oh. Their website is very easy to use. (laughs) (laughs) That's what all those programmers are for. Henley pulls off the highway and heads east, then south below Belmont and Arthur Avenue, the commercial center of a historically Italian neighborhood in the Bronx, which has, inexplicably, as far as much of the city is concerned, been the focus of aggressive city development. It is the site of many municipal architectural excursions. The dense, adventurous structures of Belmont provide a counterpoint to the South Bronx, which is low and old. What is still standing has been maintained, but never remodeled. It is aged not by design, but because of time. After the catastrophe, much of the South Bronx closest to the water was destroyed and rebuilt on rock and concrete infill. Natural and synthetic sand was shipped in from China and Russia, as there was a shortage in America, mixed and sunk into the rising tides. Using what they learned, building the superstructure that would eventually support Manhattan, the community of the South Bronx largely day laborers and construction workers at the time, rebuilt their own firmament. Over the last hundred or so years, the South Bronx has transformed into a vital fishing village, supplying grown, printed, and farmed seafood to the city and most of the eastern seaboard. It is a home to a mix of Brazilians, Italians, and Chinese some of whom are first-generation immigrants, but many of whom come from families who have called New York home since before Manhattan was rebuilt. 
Henley circles the neighborhood, weaving carefully around the food carts, fish stalls, and street vendors, looking for a parking space. The fish market looms in the distance, and every few lots the team sees a large, angular glass building with little sprouts of greenery sticking out here and there. These buildings look as though they've been dropped into the neighborhood, transported from the vicinity of Grand Central. Spores of corporate architecture taking root in the South Bronx. Henley walk, drives around for walks around for a while, I guess. No, Henley's driving. Okay, Henley's, Henley's driving. driving now. Yeah, people, people get upset when they see a car walking. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, finds a parking space, and you guys are just kind of dropped off in the South Bronx. It's very busy. It's um, a weekday afternoon. There's a lot of a lot of business being transacted. No one's paying you any mind. I feel like I, I kind of want to set Henley to just keep driving around the neighborhood. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well. A, there is a, it's a. I mean, it's a conspicuous car. It's like you know. Yeah. yeah. There is a a common feature that is just called the circle feature, and uh, right. yeah. yeah, Henley will gladly just circle for as long as you want until you want him back. Great. Let's let's do that. So you get out of the car and Henley just drives off and putters around for a while uh, for as long as you guys want. Hell yeah. Cool. Let's go find Calixto. Is there a fish market nearby? Uh, so you guys would be able to see the fish market from quite a distance. It's pretty large. It's, you know, a very, very large warehouse that's right on the coastline, uh, right on the edge where the South Bronx abuts the water. So you guys want to head there? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think we're going to want to wait to get the fish until we we know we're going to see a right. rain soon, right? Because otherwise it'll be stinky. It'll be stinky fish. Stinky Does fish. synthetic fish stink? Yes. Oh. Well, <laughs> the technology. Just check it. It will, yeah, it will, it will rot. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't be food. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. It is manufactured, but it is organic material. Mm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Plus, maybe we can ask Lexto where to get the best uh, deal on uh, rainbow trout steak. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, you could get a soy fish, probably that wouldn't. But like that would just no, be. No, 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 that's no. basically just a tofu Not chunk in the shape. You of can it. get that at home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, no, we're we're here. Best. Out, yeah. No, when you're here, your family. Stop <laughs> <laughs> It looks like someone dropped an Italian villa just into the middle of the South Bronx, and there's a big sign. Mamma mia! <laughs> it's okay, Mama. We we have it still. It's still okay. Uh, My brick can fall out of the house. <laughs> we get your brick back, Mama. Don't worry. Um, so on the southeastern corner of the South Bronx, within view of the water, but not quite on it, um, in one of the semi-permanent segments of the sort of patchwork superstructure that makes the South Bronx, there is a large indoor warehouse. And you can see from a distance, um, it's got like a big patchwork roof. Uh, some of it is like finished with tile. There's some aluminum sheeting. And as you get closer and closer, you start to hear the din of... Basically just a giant indoor market. This is where you would know this. Like, this is where everybody from the city who serves fish professionally comes to buy their fish. So every morning and afternoon you have people coming in for the lunch and then the dinner rush. And once you get inside, you see just two massive pathways lined with all of these stalls of people of various backgrounds and expertise selling uh, all of their product. 
You see fish steaks placed in ice sculptures, very nicely carved little like pockets cradling these expensive-looking steaks. You see whole fish laid out on electronic cooling pads. Um, you see some very, very fancy stalls that have uh, what looks like just whole fish on actual ice. And you see even fancier stalls off in the distance that have real, swimming, living fish in tanks, which is shocking. (gasps) Like that you would buy that and eat it. Holy mackerel. Oh, wow. And that's the show, folks, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) And you get 15 million edge. Question, is there anything, are there any stalls that are like, have like, um, like food to eat, like food ready to eat? No one would stop you from just purchasing anything that you see and putting it in your mouth. Like a weird penguin. Like sashimi. (laughs) (laughs) But no like stalls that are fit just like uh, for like, oh, it's like, here's a fried fish. I'm looking for fried fish Food trucks. Food stalls. Food stalls. Sure. Yeah, not just service them, right? yeah. inventory. Yeah. yeah. Any of these places you could approach and you could ask for uh, like a preparation of any product that they make mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. In the back corner, um, y- you know, if you like follow your nose, uh, yeah. sort of you can follow the scent of some fried food uh, if that's what you're after. You can also spy off in the distance. There's a small sushi counter. So you could go and get some fresh sushi if that's something that you're after. Um, you're kind of surrounded by places where you could conceivably order lunch, yeah. um, depending upon your comfort level of being handed a salmon steak and just biting into it. Viv mm. uh, is comfortable with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lasha looks around to the group and says, I know we got things to do, but we didn't eat lunch. Anyone hungry? I could eat. Yeah. This this looks amazing. I love fish. Let's, In more ways than one. Then let's do it. Let's, let's, let's... Is this weird for you, Viv? <laughs> oh, yeah. not at all. Mm. Not at all. It's part of the circle of life. But you see those live fish in this tanks? Yeah. I'm going to go say hi to them. <laughs> oh, good, because there's a fried fish. <laughs> there's a fried fish stand right over there that um, I would like some fish sticks at. Yeah, if you get sticks? some, get some for me. You would like an order of fish sticks? Yes. Yeah, I'd like some fish sticks. Okay, two orders of fish sticks. Viv? I'm going to get the raw stuff. Okay, three That's- Four orders of fish sticks because I get two. Uh, as you're walking from where you are, so does it, you, you guys basically like split up and look at the market? Yes, okay. Lux is Lux is saying yes. He wants fish sticks, but he's looking at an oct- uh, octopus that looks like it has to be alive, but apparently it's printed. Um, it's crazy. It m- is moving. Oh, that one is a display robot. <laughs> oh, it's a display robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he's just like, what? How is this possible? They printed a live octopus and then. Slowly. Yeah, you get as you get realizes. closer and closer to it, you hear <laughs> the little servos. You know, okay. And Viv just pops up behind you. Ah, the scholar of the sea. Go <laughs> 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 on. Is that what the octopus is? Octopi have uh, problem-solving skills. They're very intelligent. Oh yeah. I've met a few, and she's just like polishing her nails on her. Slip <laughs> <laughs> home turf. Yeah. yeah. Lashes, you walk towards the fish and chips stall, which will sell fried fish fingers if you want them. You also see something that you didn't see from when you entered, which is um, a number of stalls that are all grouped together that actually sell the machinery that is used to print fish. And it seems like this is a kind of geared towards the home cook Mm. situation where you can buy a small sized printer and, you know, subscribe to the material that you need in order to print and flavor. You can print it probably in any shape you want if I want to make a fishy minion for dinner. 
And that mm. actually, there's a bunch of signs on one of them that mm-hmm. advertises that you can make a fish steak in any any shape that you want. Nice. And one of the shapes is something that you do not know what it is, but it looks like a thumb wearing a goggle and it has one eye. <laughs> thumb wearing a goggle. I actually looked at my thumb. <laughs> thumb wearing... Is it, <laughs> what would that be? Am I missing what that would be? A thumb oh! Oh, I see you're looking at the sign. Very confused. <laughs> I'm wearing a goggle. When I was a young boy, my mother would love these little yellow servants. This is a very tiny Chinese man. He looks to be about a hundred years old. What's this thumb wearing a goggle? We used to tell stories about these little chirping yellow servants. Shannon, it's a minion. Oh! It's a minion! <laughs> wow, I really... You remember? You remember? Well, why didn't you say it's a... No, I'm not going to I'm old! Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> oh, it's a minion. I've heard of these. Are you selling fish sticks? Can I have a fish stick? <laughs> oh, I thought you were working here. Opposite. <laughs> oh, you would like fish sticks? Five, mm-hmm. five orders of fish sticks. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you can go to the fish stick counter, and they will gladly hand you a number of fish sticks. Okay. Um, oh, wait, Lash, get an extra one for uh, uh, Callisto. Oh, six orders of fish sticks. Okay. Oh, Lux? Yeah? Can I have Nguyen? Yeah, I could send some, I, I yeah. send some to her and through Arcon. Thank like, you. I, yeah. I don't keep any on me. You mean you don't have, you lost access to your accounts again? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Lux sends her uh, some uh, Nguyen in a little that he had set up for just in case she can't access her. Uh, the bored-looking teenager behind the counter operating the fry later is like, that'll be 24 new yen. There you go. Great. Wonderful um, transaction. He uh, <laughs> he puts he puts a bunch of fish sticks into paper cones that are set within little, um, you know, they're kind of like pushed into a small holder thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sets out six cones full of a, a bunch of fried fish fingers each. So she hands a order of fish sticks to the man that she met. <laughs> Randomly. What was his name? He's <laughs> no, gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's vanished. The booth is gone. <laughs> he There's never just was like even some there. paper blowing around where he was. I'll never forget you, man, who taught me what a minion was. I'm over here. <laughs> there he is. I just walked over here. <laughs> I'd like to point out that uh, Shannon, I, Mike Rignetta, am the one who taught you what a minion is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then she goes and eats two immediately before she she eats them as she walks because she's a walker and eater and gets back. They are. It's delicious. Was not served with and does not need any dipping sauce. Wow. Oh, well, this is an optimistic, the most optimistic thing about the world. This is the best thing that's happened in the future. And she thinks there's just a little bit of uh, lemon juice on them. It's great. Mm. She again, when she's walking back, she sees that uh, like at home printing machine and she thinks, Wow, Yuri would would really like that. I think that that thing, that's what I'm going to get him for Christmas. I think he would probably, if he wanted it, he'd probably already own it. Yep, that's, she thinks that's what I'm going to get Yuri for Christmas, and I'm going to pay for it with Lux's money, is what she says. <laughs> Does she say that out loud? Yes. TK's like, nice. Lux hears her just say, and I'm going to pay for it with Lux's money. I don't know what she's talking about, I but I do not care at this moment. How about those fish sticks? Really good. So you guys see on the opposite side of the of the market there is a there is a tall 
uh, I don't know how you would describe it. It a tall stall of some kind that's pushed up against the far wall. As you approach, you can see that there is a sign on it that says "Chamber" in Portuguese, "Of" in Italian, and "Commerce" in Mandarin. You can see that it's kind of a cross between a museum, a pharmacy, a bodega, a post office, and an office center. It's got all kinds of stuff on these tall shelves that go all the way up the wall. There's a broad bar desk kind of thing that has a curve in it. You can see printers of various kinds, like paper printers, no fish printers. Hmm. You can see a bunch of liquor bottles. You can see a assortment of small mailboxes. You can see these cylindrical tubes that you use to ship things via boat uh, over long distance. So this is like a shipping center, too. As you get closer and closer, you realize that it also stretches into a part of the market that you didn't see before, that it kind of like goes underneath a small overhang and extends further off to the right, where it becomes a bar with stools and you can see a dingy dance floor and there's an old style jukebox off in the off in the corner. And there is a average height person uh, that looks roughly like uh, the the pictures that you had seen on the Matrix, about 5'9", standing behind the counter. They are large. Their head is completely shaved. And you can see as you get closer, their ears glint. Uh, They're rung with very small glowing studs. And off of their right ear hangs, uh, there's a little bit of a chain and there's a bright gold cross that hangs there. They sort of see you approaching with purpose and they lay their hands down on the bar uh, and beam you a big smile as if to say, you know, what do you need? Bring it on. You can see that their hands are dotted with gold rings and all of these different colored jewels. And you see their trid painted fingernails are kind of flashing as they move their hands around. Uh, And also how the sleeves of their long gray smock are pushed up to reveal these Tiny smatterings of really small, very intricate tattoos underneath a dense coat of like graying arm hair. And uh, they speak in a very low, comforting tone. Welcome, welcome. Alcan Calixto Lobo Salgado Amaral Mendonza and their camera assist our visitors today. We got you some fish sticks. I have already had lunch. Oh. That's okay. I mean, I, I love them, so I'll take oh, them. Okay, yeah. great, great. Uh, to to what do I owe the pleasure? Hey. It's not every day that people are coming in and offering me fish sticks, oh. so you'll have to excuse my confusion. I well, understand. I'm yeah. not going to try to do a, a Brazilian accent. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to ruin everybody's life if I try to do this. So, well, um, hi, uh, my name's Lux Scythe, and this is our team here. This is Lash. Hello, TK. You. And Viv, uh, mm-hmm. Arena sent us actually to help, oh, to help the with contract. some contract. Uh, yeah, some to help you with some uh, problems that that you have uh, been having in the neighborhood. Uh, they get a very big uh, grin on their face, and they eat one of the fish fingers and kind of look you over and look you up and down and say, "I understand. I understand. You might know as much as I do. What can I help you with?" First, do you have anything to drink? More than enough. <laughs> Pick your poison. They gesture down the long end of the bar with the cone of fish fingers in their hand. Yeah, it's a it's a big bar. There are a lot of liquor bottles on the shelf. I like salt. Margarita? 
Yes, please. Okay. Calixto gets to work making you a margarita. Hands lash the cone of fish fingers back since it can't be placed down on the <laughs> uh, on the bar without spilling over. She takes them. I don't need to know why it is you've accepted the job. I know that Irina has her ways, but I imagine that you know roughly the problem that we are facing and how we're hoping to solve it. Yeah, we we understand the problem at hand. We would just like to get some more, any information that you have on... um... Come, come, sit, sit. And they gesture towards the row of stools that are in the slightly more private part of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, And they walk down and they're shaking a margarita. (laughs) Yeah, we we don't like these flipper guys. And uh, we have some basic plans to get inside the company and do some skimming um, and perhaps get some of that uh, money that they're filling their pockets with from the neighborhood Mm. um, filtered back into the neighborhood. Uh, We also were curious if there was uh, anything else you might want. I mean, we we don't know how they're getting these um, notifications of... Uh, real estate going to market so quickly. We will attempt to figure that that out. If we could give that to you or to someone in the neighborhood, um, would that be useful? Yeah. You mean I would know before Flipper? Yeah. We, uh, before we got to work on uh, kind of fixing what they've rigged, um, we wanted to make sure that that would be valuable to anybody who's in the neighborhood who could actually take advantage. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't have the money to buy the properties, for example, when they go in the market, then it might be wasted effort. I mean, as you can probably tell, I'm not the most technologically savvy person in the world. And they gesture around and you actually do notice now at this point that the Chamber of Commerce doesn't appear to have a computer. Right. Mm. Uh, It's just a bar. It's just a bar. Uh, There's a jukebox there. (laughs) Um, uh, But uh, surely I could find someone in the neighborhood who would know what to do with any information you bring us. But that would be contingent upon what that is. Okay. All right. Well, that's useful to know. The only other thing I would say is that I've run into types like this before and you throw a wrinkle at them or you throw something in the track and they end up clearing it and find another way around. So if there's a way we could scare them completely off the neighborhood, that would be the thing that I think sticks the most. I told Irina this because she said the same thing. Mm -hmm. We don't want any trouble. The more of a bang this makes, the more people will run away. Sure. And I don't want them to be able to say that the South Bronx is an inhospitable neighborhood, that it is unfriendly, that it is crime ridden. We don't need that. Okay. We need them to think that their business plan is untenable and we need them to choose to leave and to not make any bad press for the neighborhood in the process of doing it. That makes sense. Viv is licking the salt off the margarita glass. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. You you are served um, our margarita. Uh, it's very refreshing. And yeah, there's a lot of salt on that rim. That's pretty much all she's interested in. <laughs> so this uh, this flipper, um, when did when did they move into the neighborhood? Uh, they've been here a little bit more than a year at this point. Anything about the building they're in? Note? What an eyesore. It's terrible. Did you, see, did you not see it when you came in? Oh, is the big glass one? Ugh. And they spit on the ground. <laughs> Sorry if I actually spit on you, Dijon. No, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard to miss. Okay. Yeah. And uh, anything since they moved in, anything, uh, the buildings that are near their building, What do you know anything about them? 
like what businesses they are? I know that they picked the lot that they are in because of its proximity to the local info center. Mm -hmm. And that's been there for decades. Uh, It's a very old building. And, you know, our guess is that that's how they are doing what they're doing, is that they have somehow managed to get a private siphon, Mm -hmm. essentially, directly from the info center so that they get info first before anyone else. Who runs the info center? Well, the city. Mm. Um, okay, I have a couple of other questions. One, what Arena wants us to do is set up a skimmer, take a few uh, cents on the new yen um, from them. I don't think that's going to end up making them uh, change their mind about being in the neighborhood and doing what they're doing. I think that if they ever get wind of it, then it'll be a pretty easy problem to fix. Uh, we're happy to do it, and we will. Um, but maybe we could figure out what they're looking for, and maybe we make what they're looking for more sparse. Uh, for example, are there examples of real estate that they get information on first, but they're not interested in dealing with? I imagine they're not getting every piece of real estate that gets goes up on the on the uh, on the market. Is that am I wrong? I mean, I'm not looking at. I don't have as perfect a knowledge of the real estate of our neighborhood as they do, and that's okay. part of the problem. They know so much more than even people who live here because they have direct access to the info center and all of the updates. I. Just from the outside, the amount that they're buying up seems like it's a lot. And it seems like there is nothing that they are not willing to purchase and then, in their words, rehabilitate. And they get this gross, disgusted look on their face. Hmm. Well, I think it's time to take a trip to the info center. To be clear, the idea of installing a skimmer is something that I just suggested. And I'm open to any solutions to this problem that I saw a movie once and it seemed like a good idea. Right. You are the professionals and I leave it to you. I am just a... What was the movie? Oh, it's a very, very old one. It's Mm -hmm. about a group of friends who work in an office together. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work in that movie. I guess I never finished it. Do they not... No, oh. they do. They the wrong decimal. Um, but we that seems do like that. an easy. Yeah, that yeah, seems like it's an easy that, yeah. thing to not. It's a short term solution. What I'd like is to get the information about what's on sale in this neighborhood into the hands of people who have a vested interest in this neighborhood and a history in it. I think uh, getting rid of that competitive advantage puts them in the same situation as any other realtor. Um, and if they don't have that competitive advantage of here, they may be able to find it somewhere else and they may be able to move it somewhere else. So that would be my idea. TK, you got anything? No. Okay. Great lead, TK. TK's leading this one. <laughs> TK's just thinking. He's just he's just contemplating his options. He yeah. leads he leads um from behind. <laughs> I'm thinking we need to get uh, ourselves to that info center. Yeah. Do you know anybody at the info center? Unfortunately, no. They are a bunch of low-level city bureaucrats who come to work from other parts of the city and then leave at the end of the day. Um, bureaucrats, you say? They're not. They're not a participating group, if you know what I mean. Yeah, got it. Lash, do you want to start seeing seeing who works there? Do some searching. Yep. Yeah. What do you know about this Harris Trevero? Um, was this guy's ultimate dream to take over in the neighborhood? What What does he want? Oh, Trevero, the CEO oh, of Trevero, yeah. of Flipper. Do you know anything about him? Uh, seems like a guy that really wants to be rich. I know that he hangs out with a bunch of the upper echelon of the you know rich people in New York. I know he's got a bunch of friends with deep corporate pockets. I know he he looks real good in a suit. Where does he live? Oh, I don't know, actually. Hmm. Something we can look into. Another question I have is, where do you get your tattoos? I'm actually in the market for one. I'm thinking I want a soccer ball <laughs> on my ankle. Oh, because uh, it's where you kick. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hold on. You kick sec. with your ankle? 
Yep, I kick from my ankle. <laughs> Jesus. You got all the strength. Yeah, I got powerful ankles. You want to kick from your instep, but the ankle's close enough. <laughs> yeah, right on the ball of my ankle. <laughs> well, these were, you like my tattoos? Yeah. Oh, thank They're you. awesome. These were all done by my friend Giada, who's in the neighborhood. Oh, Giada. Mm-hmm. I can send you her information if you'd like. Please, I would love that. Okay, you get a little contact, like a connection request. And yeah, you get a contact information for, uh, hold on, Giada Allegretto. Giada Allegretto, wow. Thank you for that. That is a tip that is going to be important to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The margarita is on me. Oh, thank you. If you need anything while you're here in the neighborhood, and I mean anything, you come back to the Chamber of Commerce and I'll do my best. Thanks so much. Do you have a comm link? Yeah. Okay. Do you want, I mean, I'll be here. All right. Well, yeah. we could come here directly or we could send you a message, but. Yeah, sure. You get their comm number. So, yeah. Uh, ooh, good. Do you know what you're going to do? You don't have to tell me. I realize that you are professionals and that there is a certain security element to this, but. And then they lean really close and whisper and they say, but like, what are you going to do? Well, this is very helpful because, you know, one of the easier things to do would be to try to stop people from these yuppies from moving in or stop them from wanting to be here. But it sounds like the reputation in the neighborhood is something that we really have to look out for. So we're going to try to get into their uh, little honeypot, direct jack into the info center and interrupt that and get that power into the uh, into the hands of the people who live here. Anything you can do to look out for the reputation of the neighborhood would mean a lot to me, and I know it would mean a lot to everyone here. Okay. Lash, when she is, uh, has been looking up, wait, what did you ask me? I'm like, up CK. So who, the bureaucrats in charge of the Oh, yeah. Who the bureaucrats are in charge of the info center. And she also looks on uh, jobsforyou.com in case there's any jobs for the info center as well. Doing a matrix search for a info center bureaucrat Mm -hmm. is a bit like doing a matrix search for a toll clerk. Mm, Difficult. It's like Googling who are the police officers. (laughs) (laughs) You find little to no information other than maybe a Wikipedia entry about the existence of these historic buildings and the fact that people work at them. But you can't find on any public website uh, anything about who they are, what their jobs entail. Um, Really, the details are very, very light. Any job openings? Not that you can find. Again, yeah, it's like it's like being a toll clerk. Like it is a you might know um, or you might if you want to roll logic. Yeah, just roll logic. Roll logic. Yeah. I'm going to roll my new dice roll. Yes. Thanks, Mike, for a new dice roller. Yeah, I hope it works. One hit. (laughs) One hit. One hit. I got one hit on the act. I'll give it to you. This isn't this isn't quite us. <laughs> this isn't quite a long leap. It is probably like other municipal jobs mm-hmm. in that since it is a city job, it is relatively cushy with great benefits mm-hmm. and an amazing pension. So you can retire and be set for life. Mm. And so it is unlikely that there are public calls for job openings because there is a infinite line of people who just want this job. Right. And that it is the kind of thing where when or like when someone dies or, yeah. you know, like no one leaves. Oh, no these jobs. Yeah. So like when someone when a job opening is from someone dying and then they just have the next person who is going to take that job ready. Sure. Okay, so no no jobs opening at the info center nor can I find out anything about the info center. Cool. The we info pro- center uh, you so like if you were to look at a Wikipedia entry or whatever, yeah. it's going it's not going to say anything that is 
super surprising. Yeah. There used to be a lot more of these in the city. There are fewer and fewer of them now as things have gone more and more wireless and as grid infrastructure has been built into architecture. Like when someone builds a new high rise, information management is part of that construction project. And so it is unnecessary to build buildings whose sole duty is to deal with matrix infrastructure. The South Bronx is one of a few places that still has these buildings standing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's there's maybe half a dozen of them in the entire city at this point. And it kind of does what it says on the on the tin. It is a information management center for a localized community. And uh, on the inside, they are usually largely either um, analog or digital patch bays. And there's the people who work there make sure that information that is going from one part of the city to another part of the city gets there and gets there quickly and in the correct format. And just to refresh my memory, at least, the nature of New York City and the arrangement with real estate sales means that people, at least in the South Bronx, Bronx in this case, anytime they they want to put their mar- their house up for market or apartment up for market, whatever, they cannot do that themselves. They have to send that information to the info center. The reason why Flipper is able to do this is because there's such a centralized way in which things go you know, up you know, to say, oh, they just have the direct jack to it. So they get the notification that it's up uh, before anyone. The Bureau of Land Management uh, in the city is in charge of all real estate. And when you want to sell something, you go to an office of the Bureau of Land Management. The info center is not a place that people go, really. It's like going to the pump house. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it is the place where when the Bureau of Land Management has processed the fact that a piece of real estate is up for sale, it is then it is then put out to the rest of the system through various data centers. And this is one of a few where, yeah, there is still a physical location. And so. But the info center is the point of propagation for this neighborhood. Yeah. This neighborhood. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking that it might be easier to get into the info centers. Like, I don't know what kind of security we're going to meet with Flipper, but it might be easier to set up something on the on the info center side rather than the Flipper side. But it might be harder to get. I mean, it is a government building. Maybe it won't be easier, but. Well, I I say maybe we should do both. Mm. Maybe we get maybe you get working on the info center side and TK works on the on the Flipper. What you think, TK? Sure. I think uh, it's probably a good idea to go to the info center itself, but uh, I assume Flipper is going to have a similar level of security but probably not for job applicants. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's uh let's let's where do we want to head over to the info center yeah, first sure, and Sure. And then we can decide what to do. Cool. They are both within walking distance of the market, so Great. it's oh. easy for you to. Yeah. Mm, I was going to yell Henley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Henley can continue to circle. You Leave the market, you walk by a bunch of open stalls, small food carts and uh, food vendors, people selling whole fish, people selling fish steaks, all kinds of wares are available, fish catching equipment and so on and so forth. You turn a corner and you see in the middle uh, of the block as you turn down this corner, uh, a building that doesn't really, it sticks out, um, but not because it's big, because it's small. It 
doesn't fill the entire lot uh, that it sits on. You can see all of these row houses and all of these tenements kind of abutting one another, creating a a large edifice on one side of the block. But then in the very middle of the block, it all stops. And there's this small, squat, hexagonal building with a dome on top of it. It Sort of looks like a two-story tall pepper mill. And as you approach it, you can actually look through the lot to behind it and you can see the rear of what you would guess is Flipper. This huge glass cube of a building uh, that is directly behind this data center. Um, It's made of a yellow gray kind of slab stone. The info center is, the data center is. And it's got this really old civic architecture feeling. It looks like it hasn't been washed, like it hasn't been power washed in decades. Gross. um, All around the eaves is all black. You can see there's a bunch of bird shit on the top of it. Like it is old. Um, uh, Like I said, it stands alone and there are these slivers of space between it and the buildings on either side of it. And what you can see in those slivers of space between the data center and the buildings that are on either side of it, further towards the back, there is this intense, it almost looks like iron armature that is shoved into the ground and is attached to either side of the building. And there are these big slots, like holes, that come out of the side of the rear of the building. And out of those slots are just bundles and bundles of cable of all different colors of of varying diameters from something that's the size of like an audio cable to something that is the size of like a human waist and it all comes out of the top of the building through these two slits wraps a little bit around that armature and then dives down into the ground. And you can see the ground is mostly loose stone except for where the cables go into the ground. There's this really thick black grating that the cables just dive into and underground. And it just disappears into the blackness of this grating. It's directly in front of you at the front of the building is a small concrete staircase, very ornate, weird little, um, you know, like brass uh, handrails on either side of it. It starts wide and gets narrow up into an old uh, stained oak door that looks like it's been there for eons. God, I can smell it, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. I can smell it. (laughs) DK walks up and knocks on the door. Uh, There is no answer. It sounds hollow inside. Hmm. Viv wants to stick outside, but wants to quickly ascend the building. Sure. Yeah. Um, she got three hits. There are, from what you can tell, three people inside this building. None of them are awakened. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them has, uh, hold on. Full body Morgulons. Morgulons. The fantasy name generator, disease name generator is weird. A lot of like grayscales. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Bluefoot. Mouse stomach. Mouse stomach? Mouse stomach. Rachimachi. Rabid baldness. Rabid baldness is funny. (laughs) You can also also generate them in in English or French. Ooh la la. So like, uh, le dysfonctionnement intense. This um, should be a mis- mistura. There are three people who are in this building. Um, none of them are awakened. They are all old, and one of them has emphysema. Ah, TK my no- people. TK knocks on the door again. This is a government office. We're not. We don't sell food or fish or anything. Please leave us alone. Thank you. TK knocks a third time. Sir, 
she opens a little porthole in the middle of the door, <laughs> like the like the guard at in the Emerald City. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come in here no way, no how. Hi, can I talk to you? You're talking to me right now. What do you want? I just wanted to say hello. I was in the neighborhood. Hello. It closes. Okay. Uh, TK decides. I think. I think he goes back to the group. I think we should just wait for them to leave and then break in. TK, you're the leader on this, so. I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's a good idea. Sounds good. Should what, we? What time is it? At three thirty. Mm. Do you want me to um, put the fire alarm on in the building? No, because then they'll go back inside afterward. And we'll draw more <laughs> attention. If they're, uh, my, if they're, if they're <laughs> you don't want me to send all the no, the fire if, department here. If they're bureaucrats, they leave at like five p.m. Mm. But it would be easy if we could check to see when they're going to leave without having to actually be here physically. Do you want? Uh, I could give them all messages on their comm links that their yeah, dog no, is lost. I don't think we should do that. I think we should. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just spitballing here, yeah, TK. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should we take a walk around the block? Yeah, let's go see Flipper. Flipper office sticks out like a sore thumb for the reason that is the opposite reason from the data center. It is huge um, and it is of a material construction that is unlike anything else that is on the block. It is uh, in the center of the block. Um, you can see through its glass windows the two-story salt shaker uh, of the data center behind it. It towers above the buildings on either side of it. It is a five, maybe six story glass like monolith. It kind of gives off a gallery feel when you look at it from a distance. Uh, everything's very sterile. Everything's very open and clear. You can see that there are multiple floors to it and there is a wide staircase that links the first floor and the second floor. Um, looking inside, um, it sort of looks like someone plopped an upscale Northern European furniture store into the midst of like a working class fishing market village. Uh, there's a bunch of very expensive but comfortable looking furniture that uh, is placed in these small groupings around this very brightly lit lobby. You know, it's three o'clock, so the sun is still kind of high in the sky. And you can see that it's just like sunlight, sunlight, sunlight into this place. There's a bunch of wood, leather, and aluminum chairs and tables that are around. And you can see that there is a cherry wood desk with like a pleasant looking young man sitting behind it. Uh, the other thing that you would probably notice if you get a little bit closer, are you guys sort of like up close a little bit? You're like on the sidewalk in front of it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that there are these very like meticulously constructed physical models um, like made of paper and cardboard and plastic of some of the buildings that they have for sale. Viv, you would recognize on the little plinths there are there's that little clock that's ticking up. that says like how long they've been on the market, how long mm. they're available. Because I've seen the website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, do we want to try to get in the building? Do we want to try to go uh, in VR and check out the VR situation of this building? I would stick out like a sore thumb. I'll stay outside. Yeah, I don't think any of us want to need to be on the uh, on their cameras, um, especially until we try to get TK a job. Can you guys check to see if they have them around? Yeah, I guess I'll do a uh, matrix perception test. Is there to a, see if there are any cameras? Bench near the sidewalk or like a parklet or anything? <laughs> there is a homeless, unfriendly seating that is attached permanently into the sidewalk in front of Flipper. The ones with the bumps? The ones with the bumps. I hate them. 
Yeah. Three, hit, three hits. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of security paraphernalia throughout this building. You can see that there are um, two security cameras all the way at the top of Flipper that point straight down. You can see that there are two that are on either side of the front door as you walk in. And you can see a couple other dull sort of icons. Can I see anything in the back? Pointing no, toward you cannot. The, is that because I don't have enough hits or because there's just nothing back there? You would know. I guess TK would know. You know, they're a tech startup. So that you don't see a huge grouping of technology when you do a low-level matrix perception test is not really a surprise. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, they, everything runs silent and they're good at hiding things and these things aren't going to be available to the public. Cool. Do we, is there any um, kind of benefit to uh, us going in? We pretend that uh, we are in the market for a new condo for me, Right. Okay, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. Lux, you're my dad. Yes. I'm your daughter. We're going in. You're looking to buy me a brand new condo. And we just go in. We just find out a little bit more about them, about like, you know, about them. Just get some intel, see what office tensions are going on. Any, do we think this is a good idea? Can we see anyone inside the glass building? Yeah, there is a very pleasant looking man sitting at a cherry wood desk. All right. Yeah. Then let's go in. Uh, Viv is still going to be outside. <laughs> cool. Uh, any plan on what we're saying when we go in? Do you want me to spin up an ID for you real quick so you can ask about a job, TK? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Um, I got six hits on his ID. I got some good exploding, wow. exploding sixes. All right, cool. Yeah. And What's the name? Give me the info. Uh, it is Bert Bing Bing. Bing. <laughs> no, it is not Bing Bert Bing. Bert Bing Bing is what you said. Uh, yeah. You I said think, Bert Bing Bing. Okay. First name goes. Sorry, it's Bert Bean Bean. I was I actually uh, oh typed God. something I didn't uh, need. Bing Bing Bean 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 two Bean Bean right two Bean Bean fine. Bert Bean 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 Triple B yeah. Bert Bean Bean and you have an amazing little resume here I've thrown together for you. It's kind of a compilation of a lot of um, tech skills that you may or may not want to sure. use that's associated. Um, but yeah, just I throw that onto his com. Bert Bean Bean. <laughs> and did you um, whip up? some IDs for us as son and daughter. Uh-huh. I, could um, I could do that real quick, yes. And again, I think our relationship is a little tense. Okay, so maybe we're not uh, we're we don't a have cool the, on each other. Yeah, anymore. well, step-dad? this is... Okay. It's not a... Yeah, it's a stepdad, <laughs> obviously. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, and it's also a situation where, like, the only love language you have is um, is gifts, you know, physical gifts. So, like, this is your only way of showing your affection is to, like, buy me a condo. And I'm more of, like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more of an acts of service type of uh, the love language that I like. Yeah. Um, Lash, so th- where did you learn about love languages? <laughs> oh, I was, that was were what I was reading? doing on the way in. I were was, you, I was you, taking a quiz. Were you reading my book? Did you go oh, in my room and read my book? I didn't know it was in your book, but I got a lot to say about love languages based on what I was reading uh, on the way up. So, TK, I have a feeling that your love language is not words of affirmation. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> wow. What do you think about that backstory? That sounds great. I am Daryl Strawberry and you're Martha Washington. <laughs> okay, great. All right. But uh, <laughs> the, I got seven hits. <laughs> What's your limit? I, I think it's like 10 or 11, so I think we're fine. And also, I'm a professional skateboarder. Oh, mental is actually six. So okay. it's my yeah, six. six. Great. So you both have yeah. uh, level six uh, IDs. Yes. Great. Sure. And it says I'm wow. a professional skateboarder yes, it on does. there. Yes, okay, it does. good. <laughs> Wait, so why would we be together? We're not. We're not. You're God. entering at the same time. We take the same trade in, probably. Yes. Okay. Uh, you guys walk in? 
The okay. three of you walk in the and Viv stays outside. <laughs> outside. You get inside and it is very pleasantly air conditioned and smells lightly of sandalwood. Mm-hmm. And the uh, very pleasant looking red haired gentleman wearing a light blue Oxford khakis and loafers behind the cherry desk looks at you. Um, his eyes widen and he says, Well, hello and good afternoon and welcome to Flipper. My name is Tyler. How can I help you this afternoon? TK is. Oh, wait a minute. Are, are y'all with. Uh, Harlem Shake Productions. What? I am. Yes. Wonderful. We weren't expecting you until four, but hey, it's like three thirty. Early his own time. Call time was at three thirty. Oh, my mistake. Then, do you have gear? Do you have load in? Uh, yeah, we we have some people coming by. Great. Okay. Uh, if you just give me your comm link number, I can send you the ma- uh, a beacon in the building, and you can find where the load in dock yeah. is with AR. You can probably move in your all your gear on the load in dock. You know, we don't like to bring it in through the lobby, but you're a professional production company, so I suppose you probably know the ins and outs and everything like that. Yeah. Right, team. Uh, yes. Uh, Lux was just pointing to something and talking to this woman like it was her daughter. Um, but then it was like, yeah, I think we'll actually maybe want to shoot some uh, some coverage here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Did they give you the beacon location? Uh, actually, uh, can I, Tyler, Tyler, was it mm-hmm. Tyler? Uh, yeah, let me, Tyler. Let me just send you my information. My name is Bert Bean Bean. You can call me Triple B for short. You are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, get access to bonus one-off episodes, our bi-weekly post-episode chat show Fun Chatty, and our Discord, where we will be starting our next book club, reading Neil Stevenson's Diamond Age on May 4th. Head over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thanks to all our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. If you like the show, you can give us a rating on iTunes, tell your pals about it, and come say hey to any or all of us on Twitter. I'm Bijan Steven, and I am TK. Um, You can find me online at Bijan Steven on Twitter, which is B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Or on Instagram, um, and you should just Google that. I'm Jen De La Vega. I am Viv. You can find me online at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but just replace the S with an R. This is Nick Garcio. I play Lux Scythe. You can find me on Twitter at N-G-U-E-R-S-H, um, and Instagram at N-G-U-E-R-C-I-O. G-U-E-R-C-I-O. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shodell. S-H-O-D-E-L-L. This is Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad boys. I'm at Taylor.biz. My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Fun City was recorded at Fortunate Horse in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. Pixel Riffs is the lemon on your fish sticks. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Special thanks this week to Guy Snover for the 3D printer sounds. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton.